This is Jim Duncan with Real Pod VA and Nest Realty. Today I was joined by Deborah Rutter, a colleague of mine, an associate broker, and one of the smartest agents I know. Uh, we talked about buying homes sight unseen, doing videos of properties, videos of the neighborhoods and the areas, and things that buyers and sellers should be aware of uh, when uh, buyers are coming in and, and making offers and, count and contracts on properties without ever having stepped foot in the house. And we were also joined by Bart and Dave as usual. It was a great conversation, really enjoyed it, and I uh, hope you do too. So Deborah, I was, several years ago, I was showing a house to some folks. They flew over from UK. They spent three, four, five days. We spent intently looking Western, Western Albemarle, you know, looking at every single house we, we could find, every property, everything for three, four, five days. And they flew back. They couldn't, couldn't find anything. And then about, a, you know, and so we had our plan of, we had our search set up in the MLS that if one comes up in, in the MLS and within Western Albemarle, within their criteria, I'd go take a look and take a video for them. Three, four, five days later, I get an email from them saying, we found a house. We think we want it. Great. Where is it? It's past Pantops, 30 miles to the east. And I said, great. Did, when you were here, did you ever drive around? No. We've never been there. Okay, great. So I went out, and I took a, I took a video from three miles out, down Route 20, up the road, down the other road, around the house, inside out, looking out the kitchen window, under the sinks, that in 45 minute video. They made an offer, put a contract, didn't fly back for the inspection. We did the inspection, recorded the video of the inspection, audio, pictures, all that stuff. Negotiated the inspection. And then we uh, you know, went to closing. They flew over, they signed the papers for closing on you know, Tuesday morning. And then they went and looked at the house. They closed on a house before they saw it. That's crazy. And I went with them terrified because they'd never actually seen the house, never been down the road, never been down the road to the road, never been in the neighborhood. And they drove up and they loved the house. He said, I'll never forget this. He said, the only thing you didn't get was the smell. And it was a good smell. <laughs> you know, but you, it wasn't the former woolen mill smell. It was the smell of, of country and cows and nature and trees. And they, this was years ago and they loved the house. But it, scared the bejesus out of me yeah and it does every single time going forward you know i always am very nervous and i have to make sure that i know the client before i do a video and feel comfortable saying here's what you, you know here's a house i think y'all like but you know deborah you've, you've written a whole series on the nest blog um what do you th i mean what what are some things you look for in your client when you when you do the video sight unseen what do you look for yeah, yeah. I think especially when you're looking at a, a couple buying, you know, if they're looking at each other nodding their head while they might be in town before they make an offer, and they they feel like they're both kind of on the same page, I feel like that's a pretty good indicator that that they're gonna they're gonna be behind each other when it comes time to actually pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably a probably key. If they're both looking at each other and one of them is saying, "Yeah, this looks great," and the other one's saying, "No possible way," um, <laughs> you know, that's not gonna get any better just because it's on video, you know, in a, in a in a few weeks, in a few weeks later. So I think that they that if there's more than one person buying, they both have to be on the same page. Would you do feel comfortable doing a video for people you've never met? Well, the video making would you feel comfortable with the, with that people the people you never met making an offer and a contract without ever met? Yeah, um, you know, I would I would do it, but I wouldn't feel comfortable. Nope. I mean, I think that everybody's situation is different and sometimes timing is just is just an issue. But I mean, in general, that level of trust that you have to have with somebody, 
um, to go into the process on the front end is just so important. And it's not a level of trust between, you know, just me and the potential buyers, but it's the buyers between themselves. It's me and the potential listing agent. I mean, there's got to be a level of trust that goes in multiple directions to make that, you know, even have a modicum of success. Yeah, I mean, I, I found that with my buyers, I, I work with them. I, 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 it takes me a while to know them. Yeah. Generally, with my buyers, I know, except for these guys, but generally, I know a house that you know, I know where they're going to end up. You know, if I, you know, I spend a, a week with you, I generally will be able to say, okay, they're going to end up in this place. Right. You know, but it, it, you know, it takes time for those buyers to come to that. You know, a lot of people like seeing the shrink is being able to help them come to that determination. Um, but it's it's it, it's a scary thing to 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 do a video for someone who's not, you know, who's not been in the house, might not have been in the neighborhood. And hasn't driven down and hasn't, you know, hasn't felt it and smelled it and all that stuff. I mean, one thing I try to do when I'm doing the video is it's, unfortunately, from a practical perspective, I have to do the outside video, the approach, stop it, use my lockbox. That's right. <laughs> on my iPhone, and then start it again. So it's a two-part video. But it's, um, I have to do, you know, make sure that I, I walk in every bedroom and look in the closets. That's right. Turn the lights on. Open the window. What does it look like when I stand here? Yeah. What's the morning light like? Flush the toilets. Flush the toilets. Exactly. Flush the toilets. What is water pressure in, like in the house? Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, and it, looking out the kitchen window, looking to see if there's a if there's a uh, a disposal. Yeah. You know the stuff that you look at when you're not looking. That's right. That's right. Is something I try to do. So I mean, I mean, I even want to frame this in a different point, like from the from the layperson perspective. I mean. Why in the world would people sign a contract on a home site on scene like that? For me, like I can't even wrap my head around why that happened. I mean, you guys were talking about this off mic before we press record, but I mean, go into that. Like, what is the what is the mindset for people to sign a contract site on scene on a home like that? Like, that sounds crazy to me. Yeah, I think that most people who do this don't see it as an either or. Like, well, I could go to the house and look at it, or maybe I just won't. Right? It's not a. It's not something that people say. I'm going to choose not to look at the house, even though I could. I think they're in positions in which they can't come and see the house, right? Timing is an issue. Um, you know, you're, a, you're on deployment with the military. Um, you know, you've started a job. You don't have time to You're to relocating from another part of the you're country. You're relocating and, from another yeah. part of the country. Um, you've got familial issues that make it, you know, impossible for you to get back more than once, and so you're just going to come back for the closing. Um, there's all sorts of reasons why people can't do that. But I don't think anybody comes to this process saying to themselves, well, I could, but I'm just not going to because I don't right. think anybody's got that level of comfort. People are, are discovering that, okay, there's, this is something that I can do and maybe I should do, but I don't necessarily want to do. Nobody says, I would love to buy a house sight unseen. I think people say, if I have to do it, what's the way in which I can do it that makes the most sense for me? Well, I mean, I think the only, the only ones I think who would buy a house sight unseen just you know, email Deborah and say, I want to buy this house on 123 Main Street is an investor. Right. You know, you know, I think that's the only class of buyer that I think would be. Right, somebody who's buying under. They're, they're buying an asset. That's right. The flip. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're yeah. looking so at a special. It's just, it's just an asset. It's, it's a thing they're buying for an asset. Right. Okay. But I think that for, you know, you know, a lot of the people that I, that I do this with, they come in from, you know, California. And they come in for a week. We don't find what they're looking for because I've actually, I don't think I've ever had anybody day one say, oh, hey, Jim. By the way, we found a house I want to buy. That has never happened, or maybe once. You know, but I think it's it's they come in, they do the intent search, don't find anything, or they make an offer on a house and they lose it, and then they go back. 
and then they then they know where they want to be. They right. know the where and the what. And you know, to your point earlier, where they're nodding, they know what they don't want. But it's that process of going through 15 houses in four days where you ascertain and refine those things that you don't want. Because I can, I, you know, it's easier to say I don't want the you know power lines, right. or I don't want to be on septic, or I don't want this other thing. But until you go through the process of, you know, of, of conversating for four days about your next home, that's when, that, that's when it's, you know, the, the video is of the house is, is it, it's a thing that, a, a tool that is used, but it's not, you know, it's not something that, that you could do without having that, you know, that groundwork. Yeah, that's right. I think that we, we all get stuck on this idea of, you know, buying a house. And, you know, people do come to town and they expect to find and buy a house. But what they're really buying is a life, right? They're buying a community. They're buying a feeling. They're buying, um, you know, a commute that's really pleasant. They're buying a neighborhood for their kids. They're buying a social life. I mean, those are the things that you buy in addition to the actual house. So, you know, having that trust up front is in part, yes, that, that we can, there's all sorts of, you know, technical tools and, and things that we can use, you know, electronically to help you get around the whole, I don't know what the house looks like issue, but it's that trust up front about what is it like to live here and not just live in this house or in this street, but what's it like to live in this community? What's it like to live in this subdivision? What's it like to be here, you know, in the wintertime? What's it like to be here, um, you know, two weeks after, you know, school starts, that kind right. of thing. No, I mean, so I think it's something that, you know, the, the terrifying nature of, of representing a buyer sight unseen is, you know, it's palpable. But I think from a seller's perspective, you know, if you, if you get an offer um, the, from a buyer who you know has not been in the house, you know, I think that there's a level of unease and discomfort of, you know, the first, I mean, representing a seller. If I get an offer from, from, a, from, a, from an agent, and I discern that the buyer, and if I, sometimes I'll ask, but you know I'll have that sense. I'll, if I can discern that the buyer has not been in the house, a lot of that, my my the advice that I give to my seller about the the merits of the offer and the strength of the offer, you know, it's going to depend in a lot of ways on on the trustworthiness and the reputation of that agent. You know, if it's an agent that I know does not manage their clients very well, or I know that they, you know, they're not as technically aware. Term savvy is a bad word, but no. but if they're not, you know, I think that you know, it determines a lot on the, on the the merits of the agent, first and foremost, and then it's a matter of understanding. Okay, so they haven't been there. Have they been through this neighborhood before? Okay, so they lost three houses. Awesome, <laughs> you know, from a from a representing a mm -hmm. seller's perspective, they lost three houses in this neighborhood. Great, they probably want to make this work. Um, but it's one of the things that that I that does give me representational unease when that buyer has not been through the house. Yeah. Right. Or even if they're, you know, what I love to hear is, you know, they haven't been through the house, but, um, you know, th their sister's going to come over and take a look, right? So I, <laughs> I assume that for really for, I mean, you know, families have a language, you know, in and amongst themselves about, you know, when, when somebody tells me I want a house with lots of light, I don't know what that means necessarily with a new buyer. When a sister tells me that her sister, when, you know, when somebody tells me her sis the sister wants a house with a lot of light and she knows what that looks like, I know that now this is somebody that I can trust who has a special language with that person that will be able to identify what that means to them versus my interpretation of that. Well, it's also, I think it's, you know, real estate, for, 
is not a, a not a, a thing that can be defined necessarily. Because I think that, you know, you talk about the sister in the light. She might say, yeah, when you know my sister was younger, you know, she started painting and she still paints today. So that's, you know, that's why she's looking for that light. Oh. Well, then, I mean, you just have a, a different sense as to what that light means. It's a specific point of reference for you. Right. Yep. I mean, it, when you've looked at it, like the video seems like that's kind of a critical piece of the puzzle. Like when you're when you're trying to you know help somebody through this process, like how do you capture the, some of the sort of you know the not concrete the the sort of aesthetic pieces of it? You know, like what is the street light? Do you, do you video coming down the street? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, you guys are nodding, but this is yeah, an audio medium, I, I'm so. Not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nodding I mean, yeah. should i bang my head on the table bar something so can... man to make a noise man <laughs> no i mean I, I i mean i video for the i will go from you know i'll just pick you know, in crozet you know I'll, i have a video that i did years ago that's like 17 minutes but it's it's a little quick tour of crozet of like nine neighborhoods and just me driving driving through but if, if they've been through the through crozet before i'll start at the, you know, the four-way stop or the nest west office or whatever and drive from there narrating the whole way through uh, through Grey Rock or whatever. Cool. And just drive down Jarman's Gap and then turn into Grey Rock and and say, oh, here are the houses. And, and, so, and that way you get the spacing of the houses. You get the playground. You get the, the, the nuances, if you will. Because any good agent who, any, one, any good agent is going to use professional photography. You know, and so the photos are going to look good. Not, you know, not unrealistic good, but they're going to look good. You know, you don't take a headshot and have it blurry, you know, <laughs> you know, it's going to, the house is going to look great, but it's not going to show proximity to neighbors. It's right. not going to show the shoddy fence next door. And it's not going to show, you know, the, you know, the fact that there are power lines behind it or the orientation of the house to the, you know, whatever. So I take the video of that whole thing because, you know, the pictures of the bathroom or the kitchen are like, Oh, okay. It's yeah. got a bathroom. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And even for people who are moving here for work, I mean, I have gone so far as to say, okay, so tell me what time you're going to get off work. And I'll go to that person's work at the time in which they think they're going to get off. And we just drive to the house. Like, what's the commute like? Are you sitting in stop-and-go traffic for 35 minutes and you have assumed that you're going you're gonna to have a 10-minute commute because that's what, you know, Google Maps says? Have you assumed that it's going um, to be stop-and-go traffic and it's really just there's no stoplights at all? So, I mean, you know, even something as far as the commuting times between you know, your work and your home. For a lot of people, that's key. They're moving to a smaller community because they're thinking they're going to get something better. Well, let's make sure that that's actually going to be the case. Let's drive to and from work during the time in which you think you might be driving to and from work, right? That becomes part of the, the for me, the video process as well, not just the house, but again, you're buying a life. And for most people, that means work. And for a lot of people, that means, you know, what's my commute going to be like? five days a week to and from is it going to be pleasant or is it going to be you know the same hassle that i'm experiencing where i am now like the, like this is like i think we're five years away from like you having to throw in like the google glass and like let these people just and you have to go live their life for a day just go schedule like, a it's VR just like, appointment yeah, yeah. and it's like and, and jim is like gosh i thought i was a real estate agent but now i'm really just like a broadcast medium uh <laughs> just and wait till that gets just replaced with automation jim, and we it's bought just tickets like, to this concert tonight but you have to go do the concert for us and like then you're like show up and okay, like you're fine. drinking beers for them that, that can do that wait and, until like ai takes over all of this and like self-driving vehicles are just going to record drives for yeah. that and then just immediately upload the video to i want the to clients here 
your glass. You guys are just going to be completely <laughs> living. Can, can I volunteer that's to do so, a night? That's so true. dark. Any any dark. of your clients that are but available. Possible. I mean, the stuff that we're totally talking about possible. now. I mean, crosstalk. Cross I mean, any any of your clients that are available, like that, want to see what a night of drinking would be like in Crozet, <laughs> and would like me to record that and like sub in as a drink. I am happy. I've to do mentioned so. this before. I shut down, smoked a few months ago. At 9.15. Well done. But I shut down the bar as yeah. a 40-something-year-old guy. This is an interesting <laughs> podcast that we should... Deborah, you might want to be in on this, too. We just I bar mean, hop Crozet and just, like, <laughs> podcast from all of those places. Yeah, as we walk, like, like those big, like, uh, antenna... You, just phones. GoPro helmets, yes. like yes. spheres, just GoPros on helmets. Yes. Yes. Then we can provide... This is a service we can provide. It's a your vlog. Clients. There you go. There you go. Perfect. No, but I, I think that I, I will take a quick tangent that I was looking at land use Twitter a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about traffic and infrastructure and growth and all this stuff. And one of the guys says, one of my, one of my pet peeves is that people say that traffic in Charlottesville is bad. Because relative to him, come from Northern Virginia or D.C. or New York or whatever, yeah. you know, it's not that bad. And I, said, I, and I said, I understand that, but traffic is bad relative to what it was 20 years ago. And that's the marketing that a lot of people are buying into when they move to Charlottesville. Is 2004, I think we got the best, the number one place to live in North America. And that marketing is still carrying forth, you know, in 2019. Of That's right. We're getting a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, we're getting a lot of mileage out of that. <laughs> I'm going to cut this, but that was a pre Nazi rating. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, mark this too. I'm marking that to cut. A woman, I was talking to a client the other day, and she said that um, we might not want, might want to leave this in. I don't know. But she said, that she was evaluating our market, and she noticed that there was a palpable drop post, uh, post August 12th. And she said, I see that you still haven't recovered from a market perspective. And, you know, I what think... What was she using as the... I don't know what metrics she was using. It, it frankly, doesn't matter. You know, her, her perception was that there was a drop, and she wanted to take advantage of that. Um, but I think that, our you know... values have done, but nothing was going up since then. Exactly. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't... Her perception is that the market is still down because of that. Um, but I think it's something we struggle as a community is that it's still a thing that, Jesus, you can't turn on CNN, you know, every two days hearing, hearing Charlottesville reference. We're a verb. We're a verb. Yeah. Be sure anyway. it's spelled. I also right. want to get into a situation where you have to do the yard work for the person, like on video. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate yard work so much, as we've discussed many a time on here, and, like, you, like, having to mow the lawn for the person while they sit at home and watch you mow the lawn <laughs> Is just as black mirror as it can possibly get. Like I'm just uncomfortable with the entire idea. I have some folks who came to town. They, they're from tiny little whatever, and they said we want two acres. I said, Great. You have no idea what that means. So we went and looking at looking at you know one one and a half two acre parcels. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> who would do that? I did that. <laughs> well, y'all y'all are different. Y'all are, <laughs> I ride no. by your house once in a while. I'm like, oh, it's way too far. But, you know, but I was like, all right, here's an acre and a half. And by the way, do you all have a riding mower? We have a what? Like, a riding mower. Because this <laughs> is going to take you a good four to six hours every weekend to take care of. Because you got the weed eater and the lawnmower. And, like, what do you mean four to six hours? Or $250 every couple weeks to, to hire someone. What, what do you mean? 200, you know? And right. so we had yeah. the conversation. And, and most of those people, broad brush, most of those people end up on less than half an acre in a cookie-cutter neighborhood because that's the best thing that, I, that fits for them in their life stage. That's right. Oh, yeah. My dad, yeah. I just learned the other day, my dad went to my brother and was like, hey, your, your brother, when he bought a house, learned that he hated yard work and hated mowing the grass. You should really buy a townhouse. 
because you're going to hate it too because you both hated it as children. <laughs> and it's a terrible idea and you really shouldn't have a yard. <laughs> and my brother was like, I'm not my brother. I'm not. Like, don't worry about it. And sure enough, he hates his yard and it's overgrown and out of control already. So. I Are you looking the, to buy a townhouse? Yeah. I, in Charlottesville? I, I, we got, <laughs> we got cards. I own one. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I actually went the other way on that. My, uh, my parents in Rhode Island, when I was just headed into my teenage years, bought an acre and a half of land with a house on it because they were like, this strapping young kid at 15 years old is going to be able to take care of this for us. And I loathed mowing that lawn on a weekly loathed basis. It. Wow. But when I bought my house with my yard, that, like, my Saturdays or Sundays when I get to go out and mow my lawn is my favorite thing. Like, it is one of my favorite, because it is time Because it's like an hour and a half. For me. No, it's, it's a tiny like, yard. Yeah. It's like 45 minutes for the yard. But Weed eating. You know. work it. But I'm just saying, like, I actually take, like, my two to three hours on How the weekend. How long are you spending on hops and post-yard beer work? I spent zero <laughs> minutes on hops so far. I've been neglecting my hops. I'm not, I'm not proud. I'm not proud of what my, my hops upkeep at the moment. That's not yard work. That's optional. <laughs> no, but I am saying, like, I actually That's went the hobby. other way. I look forward to mowing <laughs> the lawn now as opposed to, like, dreading it. And I think there's something about, like, it's my lawn. It's not my, I'm not mowing my dad's lawn. I'm mowing my lawn. And That's I think right. there's something important. There. Yeah, and I, I have actually walked from the house with a video recording to the back of the yard and looked back just so that people can see the scale Absolutely. of what they're looking at because you don't want to come there and say, oh, my God, I've got to get a I have to get a riding mower or a team of people to deal with this or goats. We have goats in Charlottesville. They're great. Goats is a smart I'm man. I'm impressed with the detail you guys are putting into this, though. That's crazy to me. Well, it's, it's you know, I've, I've written this story that, you know, it's fundamentally when you spend X hundreds of thousand dollars on a house, it, it, impact, it, it impacts the rest of your life. For better or worse, it will have that that purchase will directly impact. And I joke, but I don't. That it, you know, it'll impact the rest of your kids' lives if you have kids. Yeah, that's right. Most doing... of my clients are grown ass people, and they can make decisions for themselves. But if they have a four year old at home that can't be party that to that conversation or that decision, where they go to school and what kind of car they're driving in, you know, just their entire lives are impacted by that. So I want to. A lot of times, I you know, Deborah does it as well. I'm sure. I take video of stuff that. My clients would never think to look at because I know the mistakes that my other clients have made and the ones I've guided people away from. So you want to make sure that you cover every angle you possibly can because it's, this is the rest of their lives. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the rest of their lives. And the, the mundane stuff is where the, is where the issue becomes, that where the issues come to a head. You know, if you've, got a, you know, if you've got a water heater that's in a crawl space that's really hard to get to, I mean, I know this is getting into the weeds, but... You know, and you've got to you've got to go down there to check it out because all of a sudden you don't have hot water, and you're just you know you're on your hands and knees and it's spidery and creepy down there. That might not be something that you think about when you're when you're buying the house, but if we don't get down there and show you where that is, and show you what it's like underneath there, when it comes time for you to do that, you're going to remember why didn't I ever take a look at this? Why don't I know that this is that this is down here? I mean, it's that level of stuff when you're living in a house day in and day out that reminds you that, that you know, getting into the details is key, and that's one of the things we've got to do for an absentee buyer is think of all of the things that might not happen but once or twice in two or three years down the road that really will have an impact and make you go back and think about this process like, ah, I should have, I should have thought about that. I should have asked about that.